Welcome to Becoming with Crystal Madung, a podcast where we prioritize character development and personal improvement. This is achieved by having important conversations that center around the topics of intrapersonal and interpersonal relations, mental health, mindset, and wellness. Thank you for tuning in. We hope to make it worth your while. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Becoming. Welcome to episode two. If you are new here, hello, I am your lovely host, <laughs> Crystal Madung. Um, you guys are welcome here. This is home. This is a safe space. So thank you so much for joining us today. But if you are a returning subscriber, I just want to take this time to thank you for your continual love and support. To know that there are people that consistently come back and listen to what I have to say. It really warms my heart. It really does. So you guys are highly appreciated. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Now, with all of that said, I hope that you guys are good, that you are taking good care of yourselves, um, that you are putting your mental health first because your mental space is very important. So make sure that you prioritize that. Make sure that you are intentional with that deal deal <laughs> okay so as you can tell by the title today we are going to be talking about self-sabotage and it is such a huge 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 um topic so what we are gonna do is we are going to divide it into a three-part series this being part one and i'm so excited um for us to talk about it and learn and hopefully become better people at the end of it so um yeah what we are going to be discussing on today's episode is cognitive dissonance and cognitive distortions and we'll be talking about how um the feedback we receive from society plays a huge role in our cognitive distortions and it's just going to be a very informative um episode but before we even get going, before we even start, before we even do the thought to ponder, I have a quick disclaimer, a very, very quick and loud one. I am not a licensed clinical professional, all right? And whatever is said in this episode is not to be substituted for medical advice. Please, guys, please, <laughs> please, okay, okay. Um, and another thing, the route no, I'm not American, the route <laughs> that I want to take um, with the podcast is to, or rather is for the episodes to be very conversational, very um, candid, very casual. I don't want them to be sort of like a how-to guide to something. I don't want them to be a manual, but rather I want us to have conversations. And then from the conversations, we deduce solutions we deduce systems to help us live better lives so i don't want it to be a how-to guide it's just going to be very informative and important conversations that help us make realizations and deductions and yeah okay <laughs> wow this is such a long introduction let's get into the episode i hope that you guys enjoy it and i hope that you find it educational and informative with all of that said, let's get into the episode. Okay, guys. So, hmm, this week's thought to ponder is a very beautiful one. And it is a lesson that I am learning. And I figured, why not share it with you guys? Right? Why not? Why not? So, 
this week's thought to ponder and the upcoming weeks is life in itself is very uncomfortable and to shy away from this discomfort is to shy away from truly living i'm going to say it again life in itself is very uncomfortable and to shy away from this discomfort is to shy away from truly living so what i mean by life in itself is very uncomfortable is things that are worth your while things that are beneficial to you to your development to your growth are very uncomfortable for example, in order to ensure that you are a healed, better version of yourself, to ensure that you are at your optimum, you need to step out of your comfort zone by um, confronting your fears, by confronting your insecurities, by accepting your limiting beliefs, by revisiting your past, your childhood hurts, by apologizing to yourself by acknowledging the part that you play in other people's hurts, by apologizing to people, communicating, vulnerability, um, letting go, moving forward. These things are very uncomfortable. That's why we avoid them 1000% of the time because it's not nice. It is not. Confronting those um, hard emotions it's not easy accepting to yourself that i'm not okay and i need help it's it isn't easy accepting to yourself that okay this is how i feel i feel like i'm not worthy i feel like i'm hard to love i feel like um i'm a nobody i feel like this this and that accepting certain beliefs that you have about yourself it is hard and it's so uncomfortable but it is worth it you need to embrace that discomfort with open arms to ensure that you grow. That's what growth is. It is dwelling in the discomfort and allowing it to shape you and allowing it to, to develop you and allowing it to shed parts of you that need to be left behind in order for you to move forward as a developed version of yourself. So when you avoid the discomfort, when you shy away from the discomfort, you shy away from truly living, you shy away from growth, you shy away from true joy, you shy away from peace, and you shy away from living in your skin with ease, peace, and um, confidence. That's what it is. And that's what I'm realizing. Um... If you are <laughs> a faithful listener of Becoming with Crystal Madung, you know that Sis struggles a lot with social anxiety. And this year I have made it a point not to sit in that, not to sit in the um, the fact that I have social anxiety and be like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to do this because I have social anxiety. I can't do this because of this, this and that. So the past two weeks... I allowed myself to be to feel the discomfort of certain things and try to um, move through them. I don't want to say past them, but work through them. Yes, work through them. One is asking for help. I don't like asking for help. It's just physically... Like there's just a, 
a, a very strong resistance when it comes to asking people for help. I am such a self-efficient person that the idea of having other people help me, I don't know, it just does not sit well with me for some reason. And um, last week, I had no choice but to ask someone for help. What made it worse is this person isn't necessarily my friend. Um, we're not that close, but they were the only person to help me. Oh my goodness, where, where? I don't know how many times I postponed sending that text message, but after I did, I felt so proud of myself. I was like, this is what it is to, to live, to be a person. We need to, we need people to be there for us. And that's what I'm learning this year is I need community. I need, um, people to be there for me. I need to allow people to come in and just be there for me because I cannot live as an island. And that's what I want to share with you guys that you can't be an island. You need a community of people to help you and be there for you. You know, you can't do everything yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then another thing that I did that I found very uncomfortable and that I've always found uncomfortable is showing up as myself in conversations. I can only do that with people that I'm used to, like my siblings, my parents, and my friends. But with other people, like acquaintances, um, yeah, acquaintances and other people, it's so hard for me to just show up as my true authentic self, I always feel the need to tone down myself for some reason. I, <laughs> I don't know why. But last week, I was in a conversation with, a, with, with someone and it was beautiful to see that I had no inclination to tone myself down. It's like a switch flipped and I was like, no man, no, there's no way that I'm going to tone my opinions down, tone my authority down. This is who I am and this is how I operate and this is how I love having conversation. So this is what's going to happen. And if they don't like it, then we'll navigate that when we get there. So that was that, man. It was very uncomfortable, very, very uncomfortable. Um, with certain occasions, I usually very much avoid the discomfort. I do. It's a work in progress. A work in progress, yes. Is it a work in progress? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's a work in progress. I'm not gonna get it right 100% of the time. Sometimes I will flake on myself, but I am trying my best to commit to my growth. And that is, um, in part, accepting the discomfort of things and moving past them. So that's that, the thought to ponder upon for this week and the upcoming week is life in itself is very uncomfortable and to shy away from this discomfort is to shy away from truly living. Wow, that was long. That was very long. Whew. Let me take a sip of my coffee. Mm -mm. Okay, so now we are getting into the core of today's episode. Right, what is self-sabotage? What, what is it? What does it mean? So according to Brenner 2019, cited in positivepsychology.com, self-sabotage occurs when we destroy ourselves mentally, physically, or emotionally, or deliberately hindering our own success and well-being by undermining personal goals and values. 
So, in layman's terms, self sabotage is getting in the way of what you want. I feel like it's such a it's so sad. It is really sad. It is, for example, you want A. A is your goal, but when presented with the opportunity to actualize A and make it a reality, you get in the way of that. You you prevent yourself from actualizing it. That's that's really sad, and it is a vicious cycle which we'll get into. Where after you have sabotaged yourself, you start feeling guilty, you start feeling shameful, you start feeling angry towards yourself. It's really. It's it's an unhealthy practice. Self sabotaging is unhealthy behavior. Now, self sabotage can occur consciously and unconsciously. It all depends on your level of self awareness. So, when you consciously self sabotage, you are aware of the fact that you are in fact acting in a way that defeats your goals or values. You are aware. For instance, let's say your goal is to work on your sleeping habits. You want to go to bed early and minimize your exposure to blue light, right? You are aware of the goal, but you consciously act in a way that contradicts that. You know that listen, I should be going to sleep right now, but instead you open Netflix and you go browse and watch shows for the next six hours. And you do that willingly. But when the behavior is unconscious, when the self-sabotage is unconscious, you're not aware that you're sabotaging yourself. For as far as you know, you are responding appropriately and in a way that makes sense to you. You are responding in a way that you normally would. And it is only after careful introspection that you might be able to spot the self-sabotage. For example, when one has a strong belief that they are not good enough, they will unconsciously operate at bare minimum because they do not want to risk putting their all and their efforts being dismissed or rejected. Let's say you at work or at school. Um, you self-sabotage by always doing the bare minimum. Whenever you do assignments, whenever you do presentations, you always operate at bare minimum at average because subconsciously it's a thing of what if I put my all? What if I spend sleepless nights perfecting this project but have it thrown out instead? What if they don't acknowledge my hard work? What if they don't validate that? Wow, this is good work. You really outdid yourself. What if instead they just ignore it? What if instead they don't even acknowledge my hard work and they give it to the next, the second best person? So rather to protect myself, I just operate at the barest of minimum. In that way, if they don't acknowledge me, I know that I didn't put my all, and in that way, I don't get hurt. So that is the subconscious reasoning of it. But with you, you are not aware of that. For as far as you know, that's just who you are. That's how you prefer to operate. So with self sabotage, it is a mechanism that we use to protect ourselves. You know, we think we are protecting ourselves when, in actuality, we are hindering ourselves. We are hindering our progress. And Dr. Judy Ho says, 
Self-sabotage occurs when the desire to reduce threat exceeds the drive to reach goals. When I read this, it made me um, understand why I acted a certain way in this other situation. Because it's a thing of I would much rather not feel anxious and not have this than to feel overwhelmingly anxious and have this. So the goal does not measure up to the threat, right? To the threat being feel, fe- feeling overwhelmingly anxious. It does not measure up. So I would much rather feel safe than to feel this overwhelming anxiety. So in order for me to feel safe, I'm going to self-sabotage. And I don't care about the goal at this point because reaching that goal means experiencing this anxiety and feeling very uncomfortable. And the, 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 the self-sabotage and the safety that comes with it is far more appealing. So that's what self-sabotage is. It is a mechanism that we use to feel safe. When in actuality, the more we prolong um, the, the safety net, the more we prolong the sabotage is the more we hurt ourselves. It is the deeper we cut ourselves, but we don't know. We don't know. We are, um, we are human beings and we operate in survival. We want to feel safe. We want to make sure that we are not exposed to any type of threat. And that's why we self-sabotage. Sabotage then creates what we call cognitive dissonance which according to psych.net refers to mental conflict that occurs when your beliefs don't line up with your actions. Oh my goodness, guys, I feel this topic inside my soul. (laughs) I feel it in my chest. Cognitive dissonance is the most uncomfortable discomfort that you will ever experience because it's literally inside your head. It's an uncomfortable state of mind when someone has contradictory values, attitudes, or perspectives about the same thing. So for example, right? Let's say you want to build a healthy relationship, a healthy partnership. And you know that in order to do that, you need to communicate effectively, communicate clearly, and be vulnerable and open to your counterpart. However, Because of distorted ideations of self, you are unable to be vulnerable. There are blockages that prevent you from opening up to this particular person. So then what happens is a mental conflict is created or mental conflict arises as your actions do not line up with your goal or intention. Right, because in this case, the goal or intention is to build a healthy relationship, right? And in order to do that, you have to be open to the person. You need to be very vulnerable. You need to learn to communicate clearly and all of that. But for some reason, which in this case being certain cognitive distortions, you are unable to do that. So there is a, a clash between your goal and your action. And then what happens is you self-sabotage. Because remember, self-sabotage is a mechanism that we use to try and protect ourselves, right? So let's say in this case, the cognitive distortion is 
that if you open up to a person, if you show vulnerability, people are going to see you for who you truly are and eventually abandon you, right? So now because you are trying to save yourself from that, you sabotage by keeping the person at a distance. In this way, they won't get to know the real you and potentially judge you and thus leave you. So you think that by keeping them at a distance, it will save you and the relationship. But in actuality, you are sabotaging everything. The person will eventually end up leaving because you are keeping them at a distance. And when you were doing that, you thought you were saving yourself from that very same abandonment that you are going to experience by doing the very same thing that you thought was going to save you from that. <laughs> oh my God, I'm hope I'm, I hope I'm making sense. I hope I'm making sense. But that is the link between cognitive dissonance and self-sabotage. I feel like in order to make sense of today's episode, make sure that you have a journal or a notebook and write things down or listen to it at least twice. Because I feel like it's a lot of information. Hence why I decided to divide it into a three slash two part series. Because there are a lot of words here. There are a lot of words. Okay, so there are various ways that we self-sabotage, right? We self-sabotage by procrastinating, by perfectionism, imposter syndrome. Um, the list goes on, but we are not going to, um, to discuss those. In today's episode, we will discuss um, these self-sabotaging behaviors in the next episode. Now, what leads to self-sabotage? I would love to believe, I would like to believe that we self-sabotage for various reasons, various reasons, because we are, we are completely different. We as people are very different from our genetic markup to our psychological markup to our emotional markup. Like we're very different. So we will definitely self-sabotage for various reasons. But the reason that I want to talk about is cognitive distortions and distorted ideations of self i know it sounds like two reasons but it's 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 one trust me <laughs> it is one so what are cognitive distortions right um these are negative or irrational patterns of thinking these negative thought patterns can play a role in diminishing your motivation lowering your self-esteem and contributing to problems like anxiety, depression, and substance abuse. And I got that definition from verywellmind.com. Listen, sir, ma'am, I'm not trying to plagiarize here. <laughs> I am going to list my references. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> okay, right. So that is what cognitive distortions are. Um, they are negative patterns of thinking. Not only are they negative, but they are irrational. So what influences one's sense of self? How one sees themselves is, again, influenced by a wide array of factors. And this goes to show just how dynamic life is. I love, I love it. I love how dynamic and intricate and complicated life is. It makes everything interesting. So that's why there are always various reasons, a wide array of reasons, because we can't always pin something down to one root or one cause. So that's why there will always be various reasons. I don't know. I just felt like saying that. <laughs> okay. Yes. One sense of self is 
influenced by a wide array of factors from temperament, cultural background, how parents responded to them as a child, and so forth. But for the sake of today's episode, we will be focusing on one influence, and that is the feedback we receive from others. Because it plays a huge role in how we see ourselves, and it also plays a huge role in the distortions we formulate about ourselves. So there is what we call a, not even a, there is what we call the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And it is, oh my goodness, like it's so hard for me to try and explain it. Um, I had to utilize Google to help me a bit, but still I can't piece my words together, but I will try. I will try. So Maslow's hierarchy of needs is a pyramidal model that is structured in such a way that the most basic needs come first and moves on to more advanced needs. And the whole model is a theory in psychology and it explains how humans are motivated by the pursuit of different needs, right? So because um, maybe I have an intense need for love and belonging, I will operate in such a way that will help me get that need fulfilled, if that makes sense, right? So that's the entire um, basis of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and it is divided into five tiers. And at the bottom, we have physiological needs like food, water, warmth, and rest, and it comes first. Like those are the most basic of needs. They come first. So before we even try to accumulate or fulfill other needs, we need to make sure that we have food, water, warmth, and rest. At the second tier, we have safety needs, and that is security and safety. Pretty much self-explanatory. So before we can even um, operate in the pursuit of security and safety, we need to have fulfilled our physiological needs first. And then at the third tier, we have belonging and love needs that includes intimate relationships and friends. Yes, it is a need, guys, and it is the third tier. It's very much important. And then um, on the fourth tier, we have esteem needs, and that is prestige and feeling of accomplishment. And at the top tier, the fifth tier, we have self-actualization needs, and that is achieving one's potential, including creative activities. So that is Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So for today's point of discussion, we are going to be looking at the third tier, and that is the need for belonging and love. So this is then why we tend to worry a lot about what people think about us, right? That is why people's opinions hold so much weight. That is why we want to make sure that we act in such a way that we are accepted by a certain group of people. It is because of the need for love and belonging. So if what people say and what people think about us hold so much weight. It is no doubt that they will most definitely influence our self-image, influence our cognitive distortions, and just um, 
influence the beliefs that we have about ourselves, right? It is because their voices matter. They matter because of the need for belonging and love. So let's say, right? Let's say growing up, you were never validated. Let's not use absolute words. Um, you were seldom validated. This might manifest as constantly second guessing yourself because the invalidation signaled that I am wrong for thinking, feeling this way, or I am wrong for saying this. So in your later years, you are constantly worrying if what you said is acceptable. You're constantly worrying if am I allowed to feel this way? It's because growing up, you were always made to feel that you are wrong for saying this. You are wrong for acting this way. You are wrong for, for feeling this way. Hence, the second guessing in your later years. But obviously, psychology is much more um, complex than that. Invalidation, or rather second guessing, isn't solely born from invalidation. There are other factors that also come to play. But for the sake of today's episode, we will be focusing on invalidation leading to second guessing oneself. Another example is if your efforts weren't as magnified as your mistakes were. For instance, um, your parents or your caregivers, they would always um, reprimand you for your mistakes. They would always shout at you for making a mistake. But when you did something good for a change, they would never applaud you as loudly as they would the reprimand, the, 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 the calling out, you know? So as you grow older, you, you start developing the distortion that whatever you do will never be good enough. No matter what I do, no matter how hard I work, my efforts will never amount to my mistakes. My mistakes will always be louder than my efforts. So that's how feedback create beliefs within us. That's how feedback from people create distortions within us because we value what you say. We want your affirmation. We want your validation. So how you respond to a person, especially in their developmental years when they're still young, it plays a huge role in the person that they become. It plays a huge role in their self-image, in their beliefs about themselves so we need to be very careful with the younger ones right so that was just an illustration to show how the feedback that we receive from people plays a role in how we see ourselves and how it influences the distortions that we have about ourselves now then what is the link between our cognitive distortions and our self-sabotaging behaviors so now because of the negative feedback that you received as a child, you then develop the distortions that you will never be good enough or you are not good enough or whatever you do will never be good enough, right? So you have developed those distortions and that's how you see yourself till this day. But now the tricky part is you are not aware that it's a distortion. In your eyes, it is an absolute truth. And that's the dark side with limiting beliefs is that the the longer they linger, 
the more we corroborate them and factualize them. And I do have an episode on limiting beliefs. It is an amazing episode if I do say so myself. So make sure that you guys go give it a listen after today's episode. Right. So now you have these distortions, right? These cognitive distortions about yourself. You have these limiting beliefs. You have these insecurities that are born from the negative feedback that you consistently received as a child. Now, what happens is, as we said, you will spend majority of your life playing it safe. You will spend majority of your life playing it safe. And the the tricky part is you are not aware that it is because of distortions. You are not aware that you are sabotaging yourself. You are not aware that you are downplaying your potential. You are not aware that you are holding yourself back. You are not aware that you are standing in your way. For as far as you know, that is who you are. That is your capability. That is as far as you can go. But no, your subconscious is holding you back. Because it's trying to protect you. Because it, it has come to learn from experience that whenever you give your all, whenever you try to please your parents, whenever you try to, 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 to seek appraisal, you're always ignored. Your efforts are always dismissed. And you remember how painful, or rather the subconscious remembers how painful it felt, how um, undermining it made you feel. So then to protect you from those emotions, it made you believe that you need to operate at a certain level to ensure that you don't experience that pain ever again. But isn't it sad though? I think it's sad that we grow up to be these people that are stifled and suppressed by patterns of thinking that aren't even ours but were influenced by the people around us and it's not to say that they are at fault because they didn't know any better and we need to give them grace for that because they didn't know any better our parents didn't know any better our guardians our caregivers our teachers didn't know any better for as far as they knew, they were helping us become better people. Not knowing that they were feeding into insecurities, they were feeding into distortions and limiting beliefs that end up stifling us in future. That's why I advocate for self-learning. It's very important that you learn who you are, that you spend time with yourself, that you are attentive to your patterns, to your behaviors, to your thoughts, to your, uh, to how you speak to yourself, because it signals to parts within yourself that need intervention, that need to be, um, paid attention to, that need to be healed, that need to be worked through. Like, we are not okay. <laughs> to put it out there, we are not okay. And, we can become better. There is always room for improvement. Literally. And the minute we accept that who we are now 
isn't the end. It isn't the final product. It isn't all there is. Is the minute that we will start embracing change, that we will start embracing growth, that we will start embracing discomfort. Because it is only through that that we are able to break out of certain thought patterns, certain beliefs, certain um, ideations of self, certain insecurities, certain limiting beliefs and all of that. It is only through embracing discomfort because, as I said, the minute we shy away from discomfort is the minute we shy away from life. So imagine, um, imagine clinging on to the version of yourself that is operating in the distortions, that is operating in cognitive dissonance, that is operating in unconscious self-sabotage. Simply because you don't want to face the discomfort of moving past certain ideations of yourself. You are uh, no ways. No ways. So I think as people, or rather as becoming, as the becoming family, we need to start embracing discomfort and realize that it is only outside of our comfort zone that we can become who we actually need to be oh it is so hot in here (laughs) but that is it for today's episode i have nothing else to add but it is very um not even alarming but it is very interesting to see that how we think is in large part influenced by certain distortions that were born out of our need for belonging acceptance and love wow (laughs) guys i think we all need therapy (laughs) no honestly i'm not even joking like there are a lot of things that we need to uncover and No matter how much self-awareness you claim to have, there are certain things that you are just blind to and you need a professional to help you see those things. And, um, yeah, I, if, if, if I can pat myself in the back, I'm a very self-aware person and I was able to recognize my self-sabotaging behaviors And it was only after I accepted certain things about myself because we tend to lie to ourselves. You know why? Because facing the truth is uncomfortable. Accepting the truth about yourself or accepting certain truths about yourself is uncomfortable. And what I've come to see, what I've come to realize is as people, we tend to just shy away from discomfort entirely. But as we close... As we close off today's episode, as we close off part one of the series, I want you to remember that you are a work in progress. There are still a lot of things that you are yet to uncover about yourself. There are a lot of uncomfortable things that you are still going to face and give yourself grace as you go through that. Give yourself grace as you grow into... um the next phase of life and the next part of your 
self because it is going to be very uncomfortable. And by natural inclinations, you are going to want to shy away from that. But I want you to challenge yourself to face the discomfort and not try to avoid it. Um, but in everything, just love yourself. In everything, accept that you're not perfect. Accept that there are distortions that you are not aware of except that you self-sabotage but that does not make you any less of a person that does not make you any less deserving of anything um and you are just a phenomenal person love yourself be graceful towards yourself because you are worth every dime (laughs) i don't know what to say i don't know how to close off today's episode because i feel like it was such a big episode And I just don't know how to consolidate it. But I hope that you guys enjoyed today's episode. And that it got you thinking. And that it lit up certain light bulbs in your head. And yeah, man. Yeah, I think think I'm done. This is the most awkward closing I have ever recorded. So to save myself the embarrassment, we are going to end here. Thank you so much for tuning in. I love you guys so much. Um, See you guys on our next episode, our part two of self-sabotage. And um, yeah, don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to rate the show. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at becoming underscore podcast. See you guys next time. Goodbye.